Oh, hello, weary travelers. Come on in. It looks like the bod is about to begin. I'll pour the ales over the stories, fables, and tales about the bards, battle axes, and bows taking out their ferocious foes. Just take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. Previously on Carriage Rest Tales. Vaso returns from an unexpected foray into Dorma to an equally unexpected revelation that Benson is Vaso's uncle. Meanwhile, Nomis has been oddly distant and avoiding his squadmates. Woods delivers on the special effects at the end of Nomis and Wallace's stellar performance at the festival, but when the fog clears, chaos ensues. How will our beloved recruits react? Why is there tension among the party? And what is going on at the festival? Find out now on this week's episode of Carriage Rest Tales. All right, and welcome to another episode of Carriage Rest Tales. I'm your host and one of the Dungeon Masters, Mike. And to my left, we have... Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ryan. I will be playing Nomis the Bard. Hey, everybody. This is Nick. I will be playing Vaso, the half-orc barbarian. Ooh, stutter. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Sam, and I play Woods, the elven ranger. And I am John, your other ghost and mungin daster. <laughs> mungin. Mungin daster. Okay. Nomis, we're going to start with you. I had a feeling. <laughs> you are standing on the festival stage, disorientated. Your vision is obscured by fog, and your ears are ringing. Not from your performance, but from the sound of an explosion coming from the direction of the Order of Light. As the fog slowly lifts and you struggle to regain your senses, a call from Wallace finds your ears, clear as a bell. As you spin around towards where the sound came from, Wallace's large figure emerges from the fog, and you can immediately tell that something is wrong. He shuffles towards you, but quickly falls to his knees. He is close enough for you to now see his eyes go black as his body starts to dematerialize, drifting away into the golden specks of light. In an almost poetic yet terrifying parallel to the symbol of the Order, you watch as the essence of Wallace begins to evaporate in the mist of swirling golden dust, sparkling contrastedly against the black of the rift, which you now notice opened behind him. You watch in horror as your friend's essence fades away, leaving behind nothing but a golden shard at the feet of his killer, someone you have been looking for for a very long time. Hello, Nomis. Nice to see you again. Grace, what, what, what did you do? And like, Nomis is like excited at first, but like he's he's really upset, <laughs> like on his <laughs> knees. Well, oh, that. Uh, that. I am, I am sorry about that. I, I know you were attached to that one, but uh, the order, Nomis, you've seen the truth, haven't you? He was in the order. I I'm in the order. Yes, I don't, but you're I don't different, get... Nomis. I know I'm why different. you're in the order. In the grand scheme of things, none of none of us individuals matter for the most part, except for people like you and I, Nomis. I I'm in the order to to find you, and now here you are, and killed my friend. Like I can't. Yes, but this you're isn't in you. The order to find me, and you have. But this isn't like you. This. You wouldn't hurt a fly. Now you're you're killing people. Why well, why did you do it? I it's been a long time, no miss. I I have changed. I for the worse? I I don't you've I I, I can't get Make it. A, what, why? Uh, perception check for me, no miss. See how perceptive no miss is. Roll my d20 and I'll add a 5 to it. I've been heating up my dice. 10. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not warming it up enough. Yeah. So you notice behind you, you kind of feel someone take a step behind you. And before you realize what happens, your wooden dagger has been lifted from your person. And the figure behind you throws it over to Grace, who catches it in the air. No, miss, I, I have what I needed here. Come with me. And I can tell you, I'll, I'll tell you more. You're, you're not the same. This, this isn't you. And I'm... Nomis is like crying because this this is not his friend. Like hysterical. Nomis, like, why why no why why did you kill Wallace? Why did you need Nomis? Nomis, why why did you kill Wallace? The order is not what they claim to be. I'm. You've seen the truth, Nomis. You saw what they did. I'm to picking my friend up on Gordon. that, but he was my friend. Like he. Yes, I had a friend too. His name was Gordon. You saw what they did to him. Your reality is a is a falsehood. Come with me, and I will tell you everything and at this point she's like backing away from you and as she says that she is at the edge of the rift that she walked out of on stage and she says come with me no miss please and then she steps into the rift let's go ahead and cut scenes over to vaso and benson you guys were currently hanging out at the petting zoo as you remember, you were with Virun's shard, and you and Benson were going around kind of re or experiencing family together and experiencing all the things that Virun loved. As a reminder, Benson grew up on a farm with Virun. So you guys ended up at the petting zoo when all of a sudden this really large explosion happened. You guys didn't have any of these hooded figures around you, but what you do notice is that a bunch of Danoa are starting to fly out of that big 50-foot rift. Okay, so the rift is above the order? or yep. Yeah, it's way up there. Okay, um, how do we... Uh, my rift stitch going to reach that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I would imagine me and Benson are going to head towards the order. Um, okay. that, so that, way, that way we can get closer to the rift to close it. You um, start hobbling over there because you remember that you currently are on crutches yep. and you have nine hit points. Benson is is next to you and while you've been walking around the festival, he has had Virun's shard strapped to his back and he's been carrying it around the festival all day. And as you are walking towards the order, he is kind of directing people to stay calm and like trying to get them out of the way, not exposed so that they're safe from the attack. And he's kind of encouraging you to do the same thing. He says, Vaso, as we, as we head toward the order, uh, help these people get out of here calmly and safely. And as he says that, two of those flying creatures that were pouring in out of the rift land in the middle of the petting zoo. And they start attacking animals and citizens all over the place. Go ahead and roll initiative. Okay, so I got a seven. And what do I add again? Uh, oh, yeah, my initiative, so one. <laughs> yeah, it's dexterity-based. So yep. All right, I'll track initiative for this side of the <laughs> combat zone. <laughs> yep, I'll uh, roll for Benson here in a second. What did you get, Nick? Um, eight. My flying monsters got 14. Mm, that's higher than you. Thanks, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Benson, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So you said the flying monsters are just kind of approaching? Yep. The monsters have landed in the petting zoo, so they attacked some of the animals that haven't got away yet and some of the citizens that are still haven't quite made it to cover yet. Yeah, so Benson does not have his usual armor on. He's got a lighter version of his order uniform, but he does have his sword at his hip, which he 
draws and charges for the nearest to Noah. You can make it there. Uh, he's going to swing at it. Does a 20 hit? <laughs> yes, 20 hits. Yeah, it's 12 slashing damage. So you take a pretty good chunk out of that first flying creature, and it has now focused on you. Yep. Uh, so Benson's got multi-attack, so he's going to... He's going to take the first swing at it, and he's going to like spin around in a circle right up for the second swing because this Denoa was not uh, not quite ready for him. So does a 11 hit? It does not. Okay, well, he was trying to be flashing. It didn't quite work because the <laughs> second one went right over its head. That happens. Monsters are going to go, and the first one's going to attack Benson that just hit it. Bite attack first for 21 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. All right, you take six damage. And then it's going to, while it's holding you in its jaws, start trying to slash it with its claws for a 16 to hit. Actually, Benson, I just said Benson does not have his armor on, so I think that actually would hit. Okay, takes six more slashing damage. Vasa, this other one that you haven't engaged yet, is going to just attack some citizens that haven't fleed because they're easy targets for him. Okay. So it landed on the back of one and it's starting to rake its claws over it. They are not, the citizen's not doing well. The monster's doing absolutely great. <laughs> hey, just for everyone listening on our computer monitor that we have here, Mike has like the most like adorable fantasy <laughs> feel. Like, yeah, this is it's something out of like a kindergarten kindergartner's <laughs> book. Like, like the perfect farm. There's yeah. like geese in the pond. There's rabbits, guinea pigs, a, a cat by a basket of fruit. There's a goat on like a barrel of pigs, horses, and then you got two circular half orc. <laughs> Fighter guys right in the middle fighting these like, winged demon. It does look it's, like a it's child's book. It, it does. Bug. Yeah. It's a petting zoo. It's a, it, it is the it cutest is. petting zoo It was supposed zoo to be ever. nice and cute. And there's two asses in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's two mules there, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Vasa, what are you doing? Okay. Um, how far away am I to the closest Denoa. Benson's ahead fighting one that's further away. The other one would probably be about 20 feet from you. That'd be probably your max movement though with your crutches. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to go to the closest one. And then, um, so I'm, I'm guessing I still have that wrist sword. You do. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do that. Imagine my sword and it's yep. going to come out. Exactly. And I'm going to hit the <laughs> Denoa with it. All right. Go ahead and roll your attack. The best part of all this is we still haven't listened. Oh, great. To the individual um, episodes. Four plus, do I get strength for that? Yeah, it was uh, strength and um, your proficiency. So Ryan and I have no clue what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so nine total. Yeah, that misses. But now we yeah. know Vaso has quite the imagination. Now he has some <laughs> sort of magical yeah. wrist sword that just appears. And then we're Get going, over here. We're going to do one round of combat here, and then we're going to jump back over to Gnomus and Woods. So let's go ahead and roll initiative, because if you guys remembered... Not only was Grace there, but you guys were surrounded by about 20 humanoids in uh, robes. I have a 19. Oh, a natural 20. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense since you're kind of on stage right after the little scene that just happened there. And I'm just going to roll one for the enemies and then we'll uh, just have them all go in the scene. Six. So the enemies are going last. Yeah, so Woods, you make your way out onto the stage from backstage where you see Nomis, and you don't really, you didn't see any of what just happened there. You just see Nomis standing next to a shard of light and a rift, and the fog over the square where you're performing is cleared, and you notice all these tan-figured, tan-robed figures making their way toward you on stage. Um. 
Are there Denoa? There are not Denoa. Okay. It, but it's Nomis' turn first, right? It's Nomis' turn first. There's still a rift that was opened that Grace had just went through, in case you were wondering. Yeah. That's a lot of people. There's about 20 people on each side of you. There's three of them in the front and one in the back. Are they different than one in the back? Roll a perception check. 23. You would see that their robes are a slightly different color. Like they're a little bit nicer. Okay. So you kind of maybe get the fact that they're the generals of each of those little uh, contentions. But uh, it's Nomis' turn. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. So Nomis is knelt down. He's still like kind of crying for the loss of his friend, but he, he collects himself. And I can see the, the light shard. Yep. Yeah, the light shard's still there. It just is floating at this point as a normal light shard. You can, just happen to know who it is. Yeah. Can I take it? Yeah, you can pick it up. Okay. I'm going to pick it up and hold it like close to my chest and kind of mutter, um, if anything, I'll avenge you. And I'm going through the rift. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Nomis runs through the rift. Um, Woods is going to draw her bow. So as soon as this starts to happen and these people are closing in, she's going to draw her bow and she has no clue what's going on, but she's going to like walk backwards and follow Nomis right into the rift. You walk backwards and follow Nomis through the rift, but unfortunately by the time that you get there, the rift has closed. In scene. (laughs) I am handing Nomis, a.k.a. Ryan, a card for the cultists. For the rest of this session, because Noma says exited stage left, you're going to be playing. <laughs> you're going to be playing as a cultist in the fight against Woods. Uh, my cultist name is Blue Oyster. <laughs> Blue Oyster, <laughs> and you do not need to fear the Reaper because he's not going to be a very good fighter. Um. For this combat, Ryan, the way I'm playing it is there's just going to be four cultists, so each of these three are just going to act as one. Okay, and I'll handle the generals behind them. All right, Woods. Your movement failed. Well, um, uh, uh, and she's got her, and she is her her bow draw. Did draw did draw did her bow is drawn. You her bow is drawn, and she is kind of spinning slowly around. What do you want? What what is happening? Where did where did Nomis go? Nomis went to see the master. The master. Master. What, what master? Take me to him. You are unworthy. Master does not wish to be seen. Not by you yet. I don't. And then as you're trying to figure that out, one of them kind of lets out a crazy shriel and is going to start char- start charging at you. Great. That was my shriel. Can... How close are they to me? You would not have disadvantage on your bow yet, but next turn they will probably close the distance. I want to... Um, I want to... I want to put my bow up and I want to take out my sickles. So Woods has um, two sickles. So they are long um, handled half or crescent moon shaped blades, just like the moon around her neck um, and they're dual wielding. So she has two of them and that is what she's going to fight. So she's going to swing at the first one. Everybody's got all these weapons. I don't know about <laughs> Um so her right hand, so how it works, she gets a right hand and then a left hand, and they're kind of a little bit different, but her right hand rolled a seven. Oh, she's got dual wielding, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's no penalty for offhand. I don't Okay, I was so. trying to remember. Well, it's the like, so what happens is it's less damage with my offhand. Uh, okay, so, there's so you still get stats. the proficiencies. Yeah. Just, okay. Um, so I seven misses, I assume. 
Uh, yes. So I swung with the right, totally missed, but I'm going to come back with the left. 15. That hits. Okay. And three damage. And that's all I can do. Enemies are going to go. So you're going to have four cultist actions. Oh, they're all attacking. <laughs> that's what I assumed. Go ahead and roll it. You want me to roll four d20s? Sure, we can do four d20s to see how many of them hit. Okay. Do, do since, they're all, since they're all four attacks. I'll just roll these twice. Okay. We're burning for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was creepy. So I rolled a nine and a 14. They both miss. We're still burning for you. Burning for you. <laughs> they're now barred. We're burning, we're <laughs> yeah. burning. We're, they're they're, they're bardish cultists. <laughs> <laughs> I picture them. They are at a festival. They yeah. are, are in like barber shop quartet. <laughs> Uh, a 19 and a 16. Oh, they have, that both hits. So should be one damage. Yep. Plus, one D six plus one. Yep. So we got a six and a seven. 13. My cultists in the back are going to go. They're going to chant something, though, and you're not sure what it is that they're chanting. It will come into play next start. If there are any blue oyster cult fans out there, you know, you can reach out to me. I'd like to know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> On the Discord, is that the best way? Or probably through Instagram. Just, yeah. You have an Instagram account? No, I mean just our, our Instagram. Instagram <laughs> okay, so reach out to Ryan through Instagram. Yeah. I'll let him know. Perfect. Sounds great. I'll get one. one I of thought these you days. had a surprise Instagram account. I was really Y'all excited. Y'all get weapons? <laughs> I have Instagram. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are over on Vaso and Benson's side. Benson, you are up first. All right. We still have uh, two main Danoa here on the ground with us. Correct. Yep. Uh, Benson is going to swing his greatsword at the same one he was swinging at before. Does an 11 hit? 11 does not hit. Oh, okay. How about a 16? 16 does. All right. So he does his usual double attack, and the first one does not quite connect with this thing. Second one does for 10 slashing damage. All right. It is going to respond by lashing in at you, trying to bite, and then it's going to try to pick Benson up if it uh, actually lands. 23 to hit, I assume, lands. Yes. All right. Benson takes eight piercing damage, and then it's going to start flying off, trying to carry Benson as high as it can. Um, so go ahead and roll a competing strength check to see if you can uh, break free of the flying creature. He got a 16. Okay. 21. It's able to break free. So this creature is now flying out of reach of Benson because it you know, was trying to pull up and it kind of didn't grab it. So it shot up really fast with the momentum. Yep. Um. So Benson's got some legendary actions that he can do at the end of another creature's turn. So he's going to take an opportunity as that thing is flying away to make a weapon attack with a sword. And that's a natty 20. Yep, that's going to hit it pretty solidly. Looks like 16 slashing damage. Yeah. All right, and it is no longer out of reach. It doesn't kill it, but it uh, definitely slowed it down a lot, so it's no longer able to fly. While that's going on on one side, this other gargoyle is going to attack a citizen. It successfully kills that citizen. And then the next closest thing is a Vaso, so it's going to reach out for a single claw attack against Vaso. Uh, does an 18 hit you? Yes. All right. You're going to take seven slashing damage <laughs> from here. I think you have nine right now. Uh, now he's got two. Now he's got two. <laughs> Math. <laughs> the episode where all the party members die. Except Nomis. Clean, sweet. Just kidding. Well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know that either yet. Uh, Vaso, your turn. Okay. So Vaso gets hit. And so he, he's pretty angry. So he, he's actually going to go into rage after he goes. Okay. I, I, uh, rage has to be a bonus action, I think. Yeah, you can do bonus actions beforehand, though. Okay. 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll, he's going to go into rage. Yeah, so he's the, just, even though he's, he's, he's only got two hit points left. <laughs> That's fine. So the, <laughs> way, yeah, yeah, so he, the way turns work is you get a move, an action, and a bonus action, but they don't have to be in that order. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he's going to... Jump into rage. He's going to swing with his sword again. Perfect. Oh, great. A two plus five, which is seven. <laughs> that still misses. <laughs> He's just not having good luck. At yeah, this. it. It. I mean, he. He's. He's on crutches right now, so that. You know, he's just struggling. The green tennis Rosso, balls. Rosso, what end, are or... you doing? Get out of here! Help these people to safety. I will take care of these. Okay. Is that uh, a legendary action he's doing on him? Oh, he's just saying. He's oh, just okay, talking. Gotcha. <clears throat> I mean, so I do have a legendary action that would normally say, uh, normally make let them make a weapon attack, but I think it would be fair to let you just run away. <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run away. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to die. So we're going to say instead of taking the weapon attack, you take the disengage action, and you're able to hobble away from this uh, flying creature. Probably a little defeated. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to switch sides back over to, I guess it's just Woods now. Woods is um, not stupid, and she just took half of her available hit points, um, and she's looking around at this barrage of people closing in on her she's gonna cast um fog cloud and she is gonna reach into her soul so deeply and channel all of her energy and create the thickest fog cloud she possibly can and she's gonna do it and then she is going to run from this as fast and as furious as she can all right so go ahead what level are you casting your fog cloud up Level one, because that's all I can do. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And you're going to try to run through the... I'm going to just, like, there's. it looks like there's an opening, kind of, they're not all equidistant, so the closest opening I'm going to do, I'm going to try soak, and I'm just going to run, and I would like to run with my sickles kind of out, so if I hit anyone, I kind of cut them on the way. That's that's her plan. As you're running through these cultists, we'll say you just go through this little gap that I have in the screen here. Uh, these two cultists are going to get an attack of opportunity, but disadvantage. So go ahead and roll that, Ryan. Okay. So I'm only two d20s. I'll take the lowest and add three to the lowest. I rolled a twenty and a ten, so thirteen. Uh, that 13. misses. Yep. Okay. And then roll it for the second cultist that she split the difference of. Five. That misses. So you're able to break free of these cultists. As you're breaking free, you hear kind of a cry. Out in the corner, like, no, leave me alone. No, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And what you see is there is a little child that didn't quite flee with everybody else. And it is hiding underneath of the stage. You know, like, so you have like an elevated stage. She's hiding underneath that. And there is a cultist trying to like grab at her. At this point, she's out of reach because she's so far in. But you can definitely tell they have spotted her and are trying to capture her. Okay. Um... Hold on. So at this point, you've just moved. I know. Yep. I'd say you moved half your speed. I guess you casted fog cloud and moved. So you have a bonus action and some movement left. Okay. So the fog cloud's going to last up for an hour or until a 10 mile an hour wind comes through. Okay. So as a, how close am I? To that child? Yeah. Probably about 10 feet because you just got off the stage. So like, think of it like you got on stage, they're attacking you. And then like, as you ran and jumped off the stage, that's when you're able to like, oh, I see a child there. You know what yeah. I mean? Mechanically, I can't harness my sickles and pull my bow out and shoot it. Mechanically, you cannot. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, I'm going to throw my sickle at it. At the cultist that at is? At the cultist 
that's you at the let, child. I'll let you do a bonus section, is that? Yeah. Well, and we're just going to see what happens. So, how do I'm going to roll that? Um, it is going to be a dexterity based throw. I'm not going to give you proficiency because you're using it as a bonus action. Okay. 12. It meets. Ty's going to the attacker. Woohoo! All right. Um, is this the one she hit already or a new one? I'd say it's a new one since this is kind of in the back line. So, it's a C5 cultist? Yep. Um, four damage. Okay, so it does four damage. So it does four damage, yeah. It's him right in the back, so it's going to startle this cultist quite a bit. It's Ow! It's got a stickle, a stickle sticking in its back. Okay. Hard to say. Someone's stickle is sticking squarely shoulder. <laughs> <Solidly in my laughs> shoulder. shoulder. Okay. The rest of the cultists are kind of probably confused inside of this maze, so we're just going to say for their turn they move around a little bit. I will say one of my back generals is going to see kind of like your fog trail. Okay. It's just going to throw a dagger at you with disadvantage. Okay. Uh, a 15. That meets. So you take three piercing damage as a dagger kind of flies through the air and catches you. It's kind of like when you stop to throw your stickle, you just got hit in the shoulder as well. Okay. And... Do you want to do one more round here before we jump over to Vaso? Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to now it's my turn. I'm going to run towards, I'm going to get to where the child is. Is the, does the hooded figure have the child grappled? Nope. It hasn't quite reached it yet, especially when you hit it with the uh, sickle. It probably backed up. So it hasn't grabbed the child yet. All right. I'm going to grab the child. Is the sickle, where's the sickle? Is it in him still or on the ground? I imagine it's stuck in his back. I'm thinking if I want to go try to grab it off of him. Um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Mechanically, if I left my weapon, could I use my sickle two-handed and get uh, more damage? Yeah, I'm good with that. You'll be able to, what is it, a D6 right now? No, it's a D4. Oh, I'll say a D6 then. Okay, I'm going to do that then. I'm going to leave my sickle there. This is a very intense situation. I don't, it's not worth it, and I'm going to grab the... I'm going to grab the child and I'm going to run as far as I can away. Okay. So you're not going to attack. You're just leaving the sickle there. You'll have your other sickle for if they follow you or if you need to fight off something else. Yep. Go ahead and do a dexterity check just to see how quick you are at like reaching in, grabbing this child and running out. Uh, dirty 20. So you're able to reach in, grab the child. She sees your order nice. of light garb. Yeah. So she's just going to cling on to you, and then you turn and you run off, leaving these cultists in the um, kind of the fog cloud. Okay. And now we're going to cut scenes over to Vaso and Benson and the uh, lovely petting zoo. I think Benson starts off our order. So Benson is going to just try and he's going to keep attacking the same Denoa in front of him that he has been, but he's going to try and position himself kind of in between where Vaso just ran off to and the enemies. Oh, okay. Sounds good. So he's going to position himself so that they'll attack him instead of uh, Vaso. That makes yeah, sense. so he's like in the way or as best as he can. And okay, first attack is a 20. Uh, second attack is a crit fail. Okay, I'll say that the, it makes sense that the first attack was against the first flying creature and Benson just hit it hard enough that it cracked his great sword. Because he was like, oh, I need to get to Vasa. So he just like set this devastating blow on this flying creature and it just cracks his sword. Not in half, but it's like bent. So, you know, he won't strike not as to, well with it. Not so useful anymore. But he does do 12 slashing damage to that thing. Yep. And it killed it. Ooh. All right. Well, that's it for uh, his turn, I think. All right. Uh, monsters go next. It is going to switch targets to the new one that's in front of it. These are not the smartest of creatures. So it's just going to attack and... Claw, a 22 and a 16 to Benson. Oh, 22. Yeah, that hits. All right. So you take four piercing damage. 
And then it comes up with a claw attack for a 16 to hit? Yeah, that hit. All right, three slashing damage. And then Vaso, you have your uncle guarding your back as you are hobbling away. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just going to keep hobbling. Um, I mean, I guess I'm going to try to head towards the direction of the order. And then, at, like, while I'm going, I'm going to, like, sort of guide people to safe places. Like, hey, you know, like, hey, go over here. Or, you guys go over here. Take shelter. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to... You know, as I'm going, I'm also going to be directing because that's what, you know, that's what Vasa wanted me to do. Or um, Benson wanted me to do. That's what Vasa wants to do, too. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and roll a charisma check to see, or you can do anything charisma-based. So persuasion, intimidation, anything that you want to do charisma-based to see how effective you are giving the commands. So Vasa's charisma is a negative one, so he's not very charismatic, (laughs) but... But he's going to try anyway. Especially when he's in rage. Yep. Right, yeah. Oh, we've seen that. Uh, so I'll, I rolled an 11, so I got a 10. I'd say with a 10 and you have your order guard on, the people are listening to you a little bit, but some are really excited to see Benson in action, so they are not fleeing as quickly as you would like them to. But you do have some of like the younger citizens that are a lot more scared and don't really know Benson that well. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the ones that are listening to you. Okay. Let's do another round here before we cut over to... Um, the other side. So Benson. All right. So Benson is now standing alone, uh, kind of defending the people running away and without a useful weapon. So he picks up a piece of the uh, petting zoo fence that's broken, uh, like a fence post, and he does the imbue weapon ability on it. Uh, I don't have the card in front of me, but- uh, Vasa, I... will you read that card out for us? Imbued light. All right, so the caster taps into their soul using the energy to temporary coat uh, a small to medium object in the gift of light. Take 1d4 soul damage. to da- uh, This damage is then used to coat any small or medium-sized object in the gift of light, making it a holy weapon or holy armor. This effect dissipates after 24 hours. Yep, so Benson picks up this fence post, imbues it with holy light, and... Uh, says, all right, big boy, let's go, you and me. And he takes a swing at it. It's Benson in the Holy Post. Uh, 23. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> all right, uh, that hits. Uh, that's going to do 13 bludgeoning damage. Yep, got it. And he has multi-attack still. Oh, uh, is imbue light a bonus action? It is. All of the oh. spells that cool. I added are bonus actions. Cool. Uh, he's going to take another swing. Does a 17 hit? It does. That's 15 bludgeoning damage. All right. He did more damage with a fence post than a great sword. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Benson goes. All right. And then the monster is just going to retaliate on Benson. Uh, going to bite and claw again. A 21 to hit. That hits. Six piercing damage. And then a 14 to hit. Uh, 14 does not hit. Okay. Sounds good. And now we're going to flip over to Woods. Okay, so she has this child kind of clinging to you. Clinging yep. on her back and she is running through what I'm assuming is pretty much chaos. Um at this point I feel like a lot of the people, so a lot of citizens were there with their families. Okay. So I feel like they as soon as this happened probably fled and found cover because they're protecting their families. So I would say at this point, it looks more like a um, a desolate plaza because of that fog cloud. And now your second fog cloud on top of it, it's kind of like a dusty scene where you hear chaos and commotion and clanking, but you can't really see anything. Okay. Can I, um, can I, 
Do I see anyone from the order? You don't see really anybody now with how intense your fog cloud is. All right. I'm going to run toward, uh, well, I want to go back to the order. Okay. So you're going to make your way back to the order. Are you going to stick yeah. on the main streets? Or are you going to try to duck into like alleyways or anything like that? I think she's going to stay on the main streets. Okay. So she's going to just to cover as much distance as yeah, you can. Yeah, much distance between her and whatever that was. And I would assume at some point, if she sees like a family, she's going to deposit this kid with somebody. So if she sees somebody kind of huddling or maybe there's people inside of a building, she's probably going to drop this kid. I would say as you're kind of looking around trying to find somebody, you hear somebody shouting out, Toria, Toria. Toria, where are you? And okay. then the child starts to kind of fight you a little bit. Okay. I'll probably just let her go. I, I need to go to my dad. Okay. I, I hear him. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll let her go. Okay. And then Toria, you let her down and she runs off and you see that she like runs into her dad, which is a, he has like a sailor suit on. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to head back to the order because there's no rifts over here. I, there's no way Woods is going to take on 15 people by herself. That's just not something that she can handle. Um, so she's going back to the order. Okay. As you are leaving, you here, fan out. Don't worry about the unworthy. Cleanse them. Great. Well, she's not going to, she can't do good if she's dead. So she's going back. Sounds good. Let's jump scenes over to Benson and Vaso. Benson, I believe you are first. So Benson is just going to continue to engage with his fence post and the monster in front of him does a 12 hit it does not all right but i bet a 23 does i bet it does too yeah uh so first swing misses and benson gets a little bit frustrated that that one missed and he winds up and just takes it a straight overhead smash on this thing for 16 bludgeoning damage all right it is looking very very weak it tries to retaliate i think the 15 misses but a 17 hits uh, yes. All right. So basically you smash it into the ground, but it's still kind of like crawling at this point and it scratches Benson's like, you know, ankles, calves, but enough that it cuts in. I forgot to ask, does Benson still have Virun or did he give Virun to Vasa? I don't remember. Oh no, he, he does still have Virun strapped okay. to his back. He's very secure on his back right now. Perfect. Vaso, you are seeing this other gargoyle starting to go down and you're starting to get the citizens out of the petting zoo. And is there anything you want to do? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna keep heading towards the order because I know it's going to take me a while to get there. Yep, on your crutches? Because I'm on my crutches. So, and I mean, I've got two hit points of Vato. He's basically kind of useless right now. <laughs> so, so he's just trying to get back to the order. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's heading that way. As you're hobbling away, you kind of take a look behind you at Benson and you see that more flying to Noah are approaching in the distance. Okay, so I'm going to yell um, at Benson. I'm going to be like, Benson, look out, look up, look up. And I'm going to point towards the uh, other Dinoa that are coming in. As you warn Benson about these things, he takes one more quick swing with his uh, fence post improvised weapon at the Denoa on the ground, and the thing just explodes in his hands, and there's nothing left of that Denoa on the ground. It, it shatters into the dark shard that it leaves behind, and he now just kind of picks up and runs in your direction, 
and steers you to kind of take cover because there are now even more Denoa coming with the ones that you warned him about. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, I'm going to go... I mean, is there like a, a bunker nearby or anything that I could take cover at? There'd probably be like a ticket sales booth that would okay. have a cover on it. You know, like a spot where you'd buy like popcorn and pet food for the animals. All so right. you'd probably be able to dive into there if you needed to. Yep. I'm just going to run over there and just dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I don't break anything. <laughs> so as you are hunkered down in the little ticket stand, Benson is kind of close by you, but there's a moment of calm that kind of happens and time almost seems to slow down for a second as a spectral figure of light materializes right in front of Benson. Like light given form, but it's not quite solidified. It's glittering in the air and it's a little bit translucent, but it's a humanoid figure and the shape of it is familiar to you. You recognize the silhouette as that of the Harbinger of Creation, which you recognize from the statue that stands above the Order of the Light. And the silhouette calls out, Benson Hartman, my most devoted and faithful soldier, hero of Black Bay Harbor. You defended this city fearlessly once before. I call on you now to defend it once more. I will lend you some of my power. Go and be the light in the darkness. The silhouette reaches out and touches Benson, and the moment it makes contact, it envelops him completely. And he is now glowing softly all over as he takes a step away from where you're hunkered down and into the open area where a sea of Denoa are now closing in on him. As he takes a step or two towards the sea of darkness, Virun's shard on his back begins to glow as well. And it gets more and more intense until you can't actually see its outline anymore. And then its shape begins to change. And after a moment of it kind of shape morphing and a bright flash, Benson now has a magnificent set of luminescent golden wings. He stops in the middle of this cleared out petting zoo area and stands defiantly against the horde above him. The ground around is kind of sprinkled with golden shards from people that were killed by the Denoa in the attack. And those start to glow also, and they start to levitate above the ground. They all begin to drift slowly toward Benson, and one of them just kind of, in particular, zips toward his hand and materializes into a sword of pure light as he takes off charging into the air. He meets the Horde of Denoa and fights like nothing you have ever seen before. A single slash of his sword of light leaves a rain of dark shards falling in its wake, and he is slashing a lot as he zigzags across the sky in this just beam of light illuminating the darkness that is pouring out of the rift above the sky, above the city. I want to see what Basso's going to do. Basso's just sitting there like he's got, he's like just peeping over like the, like the counter of the the trolley thing. And like, He's just, his mouth is wide open and like the hairs on his arms are just standing straight up because he's just not believing what he's seeing. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just completely just like, what 
did I, what is going on here? (laughs) It's Super Saiyan Benson. Super Saiyan Benson, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Woods, you are running back. You've deposited Toria and you see a flash of light kind of streaking through the sky. You'd catch a glimpse just because you know him so well that you recognize that flash as Benson as he passes overhead one time and he's just dominating these Danoa. Okay. What do you do? What is Woods feeling? What is Woods thinking at this moment? Um, um, Woods is a little nervous because this she didn't quite realize that there was another area that had things happening. So she's kind of understanding the magnitude of this. But then also she just like has goosebumps as she watches Benson just fly through the air. And she is kind of excited, I guess, about it. And she's going to pivot and she's going to run in that direction. Towards where Benson's kind of flying around. As long as I don't have to go back through where I was. <laughs> where you were. Yeah, Benson's flying towards, he's making his way towards that giant rift that opened up yeah. over the Order of Light. So if you are following that direction, you are going to be traveling back to the Order. And at this point, I'll say as you're running along the road, since you took the main road, Vaso, you would see Woods start like running because now she's got to the point where she's at the petting zoo on the way okay. back to the Order. So you don't see Vaso because he's hiding. Yeah. But Vaso, you see Woods. I'm like, Woods, Woods, Woods. And she's going to, Vaso? I'm over here. I'm over here. She's going to run towards him. Hey, what are you, why, what's going on? What are you doing? Uh, I'm hurt pretty bad. I, I can't do anything. Okay. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, she's going to pick him up and run with him. Sure. You right? Pick cool. him up if you want. Yeah, I'm pretty big. Okay. I'm going to pick him up. Like, all right, we got to get back to the order. I don't, I, that's Benson, right? Yeah. I, he, he just turned into that thing. Okay. That, well, that was awesome. No, let's go. Let's. Th- I, I know. I know. We gotta go. No, we gotta go. go. And like, but there's like other things behind us. It's not just the Genoa. They're those hooded figures. And like, and Nomis went through a rift. And but the hooded figures are are coming after me. And wait, Nomis went through a rift. Nomis went through a rift, and I went to follow. And it's just. And Wallace is dead. Wait, do I know that? Yeah, I think you would know. Okay, that. sorry. What? W- Wallace is dead. We we gotta get back to the order. I, I can't do anything. We, we gotta get back to the order. And he, he literally is just gonna like jump on her back and she's booking it back into the gates of the order as you guys are booking it and you're trying to kind of like comprehend what woods has just laid on you you hear kind of a guttural roar and a sort of nostalgia hits you as you see a gigantic black arm kind of reaching through that big rift that was opened up and you know for sure that this is the creature that you had met at the end of your stint in Dorma. Okay. I'm like, oh God, that's the, that's that, that's that hand. That's the hand that I saw on the other side. What, you were in, what, wait, what hand? You were in the other side? Yeah. Yeah. You know how I was missing? Yeah. I, I was on the other side. You were in Dorma? Yeah. And I, I saw that thing. That, that's, that's bad. That, uh, that's really bad. I mean, bad. it looks bad. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, uh, would, you would know that his name is the Colossal. Yeah. That, that's the Colossal. Okay. As you two are kind of trying to make sense of what you're seeing, you see Benson, who is now actually pretty effectively swept up a lot of the smaller Danoa that came through the rift. And there were probably hundreds of them that poured through. And what's left are just kind of a few bigger ones that are flying in the air and this giant hand that is reaching through the rift. And you see Benson kind of let go of the light sword he's been using 
and you watch him bring up more light shards, he kind of just moves his arm like he's throwing a spear and the light shards zipping up from the ground turn themselves into spears and eviscerate the larger Denoa that have come through, leaving only the Colossal's hand sticking through the rift. And he flies right up to it. And like you've seen him do before with his shield, he just stood defiantly. He does that in the air, so it's more like floating defiantly, but he does that. And he holds his arm out in just kind of like a stop signal as the light from his arm just gets brighter and brighter and shoots out and begins to stitch the rift closed around the Colossal's hand. You watch where his arm would normally be is just like this super intense light that's burning like the sun as the rift closes and the Colossal's hand kind of dissipates into smoke and Benson slowly floats to the ground. And I don't think he lands close enough for you to see what what he looks like when he gets to the ground. Alas, the bod is needing a break. So I, your humble innkeeper, shall give a few announcements. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee-deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. Great. It appears the bard is back and ready to continue his tale. Okay. Um, We are still headed to the, uh, the order. I got him strapped on my back and we're just like... We just we were running and watching that entire thing happen at the same time, and I feel like Woods is like, oh crap! Like, I'd say it takes you guys about five minutes to get back to the Order of Light, and by the time you get there, there has a kind of circle on the ground around Benson. You kind of push your way through the crowd is kind of hard, so you're really struggling because everyone's trying to get closer and make sure everything's okay. And then you finally get around, and you can see Benson, and he's being cradled by Doctor Graves. And as you look at him, he's really battered and bruised. The light has kind of dissipated from him. And where his right arm was, is just completely missing. And so is his left leg. Um, when we get close enough, we, like we're right up, we can work our way through the crowd. Yeah, you can work your way through the crowd, but I would say you would be difficult to like actually touch him because you're just getting like pushed and pulled. You know what I mean? Like the crowd is around him, so it's hard to like actually physically get to him. History track here. Who would be next in charge under Benson? So Benson is a CO. So from the order, you would have the High Lord Commander, and then you would have Damien and Dr. Graves, because they're going to be the artificer and the medic. 
And then from there, you're going to have the commanding officers. So you'd have Benson and Bailey. Okay. Do I see the High Lord Commander? I would say the High Lord Commander is among the crowd. He hasn't reached the crowd yet. I would, Woods would like to, like, Woods is less interested in seeing Benson and she's more interested in giving the information to somebody that, hey, outside of this, there's also these people that are trying to cleanse the city and we need to do something about that. So that's probably her top priority right now. So if it's Damien or Graves or like the first person she sees out of those four, she wants, she's going to run and talk to. Okay. So I would say you would probably see the High Lord Commander first. Okay. And so you would run up and give him the news. He is a giant, so he's pretty easy to see. Um, what, Do I know his name? Uh, his name is Desenir Rayfire. How would I address him? And Vasa is going to hop off, and he's going to try to get to Benson. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Lord Commander, how would I? High Lord Commander. Uh, High Lord, High Lord Commander, High Lord Commander. What is it, child? I'm busy. No, 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 no. There's these hooded figures in in the square, and there's like 15 or 20 of them, and, and they're going to cleanse. They're, they're talking about cleansing the citizens and and I we we need to shift gears we need to go protect them because everyone's in danger where are they at they're they're in the marketplace where we were performing on the stage and, and like I said there's like 15 or 20 of them we need a team we have to go I couldn't do it myself we we have to go protect the citizens go grab Bailey I'll see if Benson's okay and then I'll send reinforcements your way uh, okay we'll um, have to just do with two for now uh, okay but two's not gonna work but um okay and then I am going to find Bailey, but I'm also going to try to find Bonnie and Quentin. So I would like to try to like, or just really grab anyone that I know and try to gather like five or six people. I'd say you're able to find Bailey, Bonnie and Quentin pretty easily because they'd probably all be together because they moved to the order all at the same time okay. and then met up with their team. So you're able to find them pretty easily. And then I'll say you're probably able to find a couple other knights that you don't know, but Bailey knows. Okay. So you get about five people together and you take them back to where you were at before. Go ahead and roll a survival check. Um, I want to do one other thing as well. Sorry. Okay. Uh, seven. Okay. And then what was the other thing you wanted to do? Um, I would I know if one of my friends can, can, uh, can cure wounds. Or have a health potion or something on them. Um, like the new friends? Yeah, or lay on hands or I need to be healed. Oh, you need to be healed. I don't remember. Does Bonnie or Quentin know lay on um, hands? So Bonnie, I hadn't decided if Bonnie was a rogue or a cleric. I think we decided rogue for Bonnie. Okay, yeah, she's a, she's a rogue, so she probably doesn't have that. And Quentin was a monk, so he also probably does not have any healing. Okay, what about Bailey? Probably got a spared, like, whatever lowest tier health potion. Yeah, she'd have a potion of healing. Could I ask her for it? Sure, you'd give it to him. Okay, what is that, like a 1d4? Uh, I think it's 2d4 plus 4. She's gonna yeah, like. Yeah, it's actually pretty solid. So she's gonna like be chugging that as she's running. Okay. Or eight. With your seven survivor roll that you had, you are able to get the party back to where you guys were attacked on the stage. It's pretty easy for you to remember, even with all the chaos. And there's nobody there. Okay. So you all decide, or Bonnie decides, you're all going to split out and kind of fan out. Okay. To see if you can find any of these individuals. Is my sickle there? Your sickle would be there. Can I pick it up? Sure. Okay. As everybody kind of splits up to look for people, they kind of pair off, and you end up paired off with Bonnie, your roommate, and she says, Woods, you were at the performance, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, um. Have you seen Wallace? Oh, um, sh um, Wallace is dead. I haven't, s w what? These, these hooded figures, I, w I watched it happen, um, these, these, these hooded figures that we're looking for, they came in, and 
the one they killed him they killed him right away and he turned into a, a light shard and and Nomus was standing there and Nomus took it and then I and next thing I know Nomus was pulled through this riff and I tried to follow him but Wallace is dead oh oh no and while you were talking as, as soon as you first said Wallace is dead her eyes kind of shot open and she just aimlessly took a couple of steps away and she has now just kind of like collapsed. No, no, no. You have to get up. Box. Yeah. Nope, nope. You, I know, I know it's hard, but you, you, come on. You got to get up. We can't do that. We can't. We like they're here. I know they're here. I know they're here somewhere. You, you have to get up. Come on. And, and um, Woods is gonna like try to pick her up and and pull her up. Listen, I, I know this is hard, but Wallace, he would want us to fight, and in in we 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 can't do this. We have to get up. Okay. And she was kind of still staring blankly while you were talking. But after a second, she just kind of shook it off. And looking at her face, it almost seems like she just kind of flipped a switch. And she says, okay, okay, you're right. Let's let's find them. And um, okay, so talk like do I what are the citizens? I guess can I roll perception? 14. I'm, what are you trying to perceive? Like are the like. The last thing I heard this group say is go ahead and cleanse. Like, are there dead? Do I see light shards? What do I see? You'd see a handful of light shards around. Not as many as you would have expected based on their comment. Okay. But um, you would see that basically like we'll say within about a three block radius of the stage, you see quite a few light shards, but then it really partitions down after that. Do we see any? actual citizens at this point they would all be hiding or fleeing okay so they wouldn't be on the streets if you're looking there okay do your search and then eventually you get called back after let's say four hours of doing this search and not coming up with anything however bailey was able to find one representative and she has them handcuffed and leading them back to the order okay by the time you get back to the order benson's been moved to the infirmary all the Denoa presents have kind of been extinguished and it's starting to calm down for the evening. Is there anything you guys want to do before they just, dis- well, they've dismissed you to bed, basically. Is there anything you guys want to do before heading back to your dormitories? Am I, is Vasa able to talk to Benson at all or? I'd say Benson at this point is pretty unconscious from yeah, all Yeah, he's been unconscious dollars. since he fell. Okay. If you want to stay with Benson at his side, you are welcome to. Yeah. They're not going to kick you out, especially now that they know your family. Yeah. I'm going to stay by Benson's side. Okay. So you're going to spend the night in the infirmary. Dr. Graves would go and get you a cot so you could just sleep in there as well. Yep. He he is stable. It's worth noting. Okay. Um. Okay. Woods is going to do, I think, a couple of things. So mechanic question. At the order, do we have like health potions on demand? Like, can Are there things we could do to reset our hit points back? With the low magic world? Those aren't readily available. Okay. So they would be hesitant to give them to you in a non-emergency. Okay. At this point, there's no emergency. No emergency because it's calmed down. Okay. Um. So she will definitely talk to the tortoise. What's his name? Quentin. Quentin. Yeah. So Quentin, and let her let him know about Wallace. So I think she'd probably have that conversation. I'd imagine with both Vaso and Quentin at the same time. Um. Just to kind of, you know, we were all kind of, uh, you know, the, the sextuplet at some point. And also, uh, so we don't have to role play that out, but she would definitely talk about that. And then she's going to go talk to Damien because I feel like she needs to tell him about Nomis and just these hooded figures. You are able to find Damien. He's in the compound. 
making sure that Benson is okay and yeah. making sure if there's anything he can assist with, that type of stuff. So you'd be able to find him in the, in the compound? Uh, did you want to play that out? It's up to you. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, hey, hey, da- hey, Damien. Hello. Hey, do you have a couple minutes to chat? Um, I, yeah, I guess it's kind of died down a little bit. Um, so did you hear about Nomis? Um, that I had heard through the grapevine he had went through a rift. Yeah. So he's a, I think he's in Dorma and, but I think somebody t- came for him specifically. Didn't he go willingly? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I, I know Nomis and I don't think he would go willingly. Um, but I couldn't really tell, but I tried to follow and the rift closed. How quickly did it close? I, I mean, it, it closed really quickly and I, and I tried and I just couldn't get there. And you would see he gets a kind of disturbed look on his face. Oh, why do you ask? Well, if it closed so quickly, I would imagine maybe it was planned like a ambush. It felt very targeted and very specific. And he just went? He, I, I don't, he's gone. Like he, I don't, like I said, I don't think he would, I was standing right next to him and I don't think he would purposely leave me, but I don't. The my fog cloud was so thick. I I don't know. And then she's like, now she's starting to think in her head. But like, did they know about the fog cloud? Like it was that was like really great timing for them to just appear out of nowhere. So now she's got a whole new layer of doubt and confusion. Like, is there a mole? Is was this set up? Let me get some shock troopers around, and we will do a comb through Dorma. We'll have to be careful though, because the obviously the colossal is about. Yeah, I don't, what are these hooded figures? Like, do you, what is this? And why do they care so much? We've seen them popping up over the last few months. We don't really know anything about them. They have usually kept to themselves, but apparently that has changed from what you tell me. Yeah, I just, I just want to find my friend. Well, I will organize a, a rescue party. I will come find you if we uh, hear of any news. Okay, if we can help. I mean, no, um, Basso and I can, can go. And help. I don't think either of you in good enough sh- shape. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. She kind of like remembers here. that Vaso was like on crutches. Yep, just um, got back from Dorma. Yeah. yeah. I just got back from Dorma. So, okay, she's going to thank him and then um, she'll probably go, actually, uh, she's going to go check on Vaso and, and probably hang out there for a little bit before she goes to bed. Do you guys want to role play that? Or? I mean, I'm going to tell Woods that Benson's my uncle. Yeah, so that would like, yeah, I would just imagine they're just going to catch up and I would tell them about Nomis and everything we've just all role played. So now we're all on the same page. Okay. Yeah. So you retire to your room for the evening. Bonnie probably takes a little bit longer to get there because she's probably with Quentin and Bailey kind of discussing what had happened with Wallace. About two or three hours pass. You're trying to catch some sleep, but it's kind of hard. And then a solid knock is on your door. I'm going to go answer it. As you open the door, you see about six uniforms. They are not the Order of Light, okay, but of police officers. Okay. And they say, Melwood Del Rey, you're uh, under arrest. Gnomus, as you walk through the rift... Standing in front of you is Grace Ragamuffin. She has a pleasant, inviting smile. A smile you kind of remember from your youth. And she says to you, 
No, miss. You followed me. Are you ready to see the truth? I mean, of, of course I followed you. You're like my best friend, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see you, but I'm also kind of terrified of, of what's about to happen. Your attention is temporarily averted as you hear chanting coming from either side of you. Glancing over, you see two tan robes in the midst of casting the Rift Stitch spell as a rift behind you closes. You hear Grace chanting something, pulling your attention back to her. and You see an energy coming off of her radiating towards you, and you start to feel sleepy. As you kind of drift off to sleep, you're thinking to yourself, Grace was never able to cast magic. Some time passes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Some time passes, and you awaken from your slumber, mouth gagged and tightly strapped to a table. The room around you is extremely clean and sterile, and you find yourself staring up at a skylight about 50 feet above you. (laughs) I'm shaking my head because I I know where this is going. (laughs) Well, well, well. If it isn't no Miss Greytail, my better half, as some might choose to believe. You strain your head to see a tabaxi figure walking into your view. He looks very similar to you. A bone structure and fur pattern you see every day when you look in the mirror. However, he has a large scar running across his face. His right eye is a milky white, and he's missing his left ear. So he's been through a, a little bit more. A couple cat fights. A couple cat fights. As he leans in closer to you, you notice a necklace dinging off of his neck with a very familiar looking symbol on it. So there you are. Yin to my yang, light to my darkness, cowardice to my courage. Am I gagged? Or? You are gagged, and you're bound to this table. Okay, I guess I'd be, you know, so many questions. Mm. Light no miss has. <laughs> <laughs> the tabaxi that you see in front of you comes over and pulls the gag out of your mouth to give you a chance to say something. What, what are you doing? Who Who are you? Where's, where's, where's Grace? So many Grace questions. Grace isn't here, my friend. And you haven't put the pieces together yet? Well, how, I, I get that you're rift me but how, how did you come to be like what is this place that's not important no miss you're asking the wrong questions i mean i i saw what damien did to that elf and i feel like i'm in a similar spot you're not about to do what i think you're about to do are you well, that depends on what you think i'm about to do tell me no miss would you consider yourself uh, a man of action in my former life no Since I've joined the Order of Light, a little more Mm. so. Well, I would describe myself as a man of action. Tell me, Nomis, how long were you at Grace's side before you told her how you truly felt? I... That's right. I I never... You haven't. Told her. You still haven't. Coward. The tabaxi leans back away from you and puts your gag back in your mouth and says... I bore this conversation. It's pointless anyway. Over the next few months, you and I are going to get to know each other intimately, Nomis. I have confidence with the knowledge trapped inside you. I will be able to destroy this world and free myself of this prison. With that, the figure walks away from the table, over to a window, and waves at someone. He then walks out of your view. Still in the room, just... Out of your view because you are strapped to this table. A few moments later, Damien Longmane, the head artificer in the Order of Light, walks to the door. You are barely able to catch the trailing end of his conversation as he enters the room. Fetch me two golden shards from the pile of John Doe's will do. 
He then walks over to the table containing your belongings, and he begins sifting through things. Professor, when you're ready, please proceed with your experiment. All right, all right, all right, Vi. Just hold your horses. Damien kind of chuckles to Mm. himself. Damien then seems to have made a selection and comes over to the table holding your flight goggles in a rolled-up leather pouch. As he's looking down at you, you can see the excitement and curiosity in his eyes and with an intensity you've never seen before. Well, no, miss. This should be fun. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. You know, quite a lot of planning went into separating you from your group. Thanks for playing along so brilliantly. (laughs) Damien now unrolls his leather pouch and you see a collection of surgical tools, similar to what you saw a few nights back from observing this very room from the skylight. What's Nomis doing? (laughs) I know what he's thinking. (laughs) What's he thinking? He's, it's like a, I knew it. Uh, Damien's is a big lying sack of cat turds. And (laughs) I think I had, I feel validated in this weird, awkward moment that the light is a lie. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That's what you're thinking? Yeah. But luckily for you, all he picks up is two syringes. He lays one on your chest as he uses the other to pull some blood from your arm. I'll be back in just a second. Damien then walks out of your view, carrying both the syringes in the direction of your new tabaxi friend. Sorry about this, my friend, but I promise the restraints are necessary to protect your body. Are you ready, Vive? I am. Proceed. Is that a name I'm familiar with? You would recognize, as soon as you said, are you ready, Vive, the tabaxi you were just talking to started speaking. Oh, okay. About three minutes pass as you hear some grunts and groans coming from the sounds of what you know to be your new tabaxi friend. Okay. Now it is Nomis's turn. Damien walks into your view again, now holding just a single syringe. He checks the tightness of your restraints and then looks at you one last time with a ponderous face and says, I, I think this will go better if you just try to relax. But this is also still fairly new even to us. So I guess good luck. And I'm, mm, and I'm like doing everything I can to break from these restraints. restraints. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Like trying to claw it if I can like, I don't yep. know if my... Anything. Yep. Bite, claw. They're holding pretty well, and you're putting up a little bit of a fight, but Damien's, you're strapped to the table. Damien's pretty strong, so he's able to inject the syringe of blood into your arm. At first, nothing seems to happen, but then your body begins to feel warm. But unfortunately, this heat keeps building and building and building, growing quite painful, like you were being dropped in a vat of acid. And then you begin to experience that same vertigo feeling, that same feeling you experience when you go through a through rift. Through the rift, okay. Then things get confusing for you, like really confusing. Like your mind is being split open and jumbled around type of confusing. You lose track of time. You lose track of who you are. You lose track of your memories and basically you lose track of reality. Remember your happy childhood growing up on the roads of Ivana, performing for JNR's traveling tabaxi trip. You remember the cold, unforgiving steel bed from your childhood hovel in the slums of the dwarven city of Iron Mist. You remember your life being hard and violent, fighting your way through the ranks of the night circle, growing in rank. Your life was carefree and easy, laughing and playing in the woods, learning to play instruments and performing for the crowds. You remember Grace, your friend and crush, reciting fairy tales for the children between sets. Her timid laugh and soft tone, trancing all that here. Soft toned and timid. Hardly, your mate is one of the four generals of the Thieves' Guild and is the ambition of every man in the Knight's Circle. You remember the ancient ruins, 
escorting your lifelong friend and lead scientist of the Night Circle, the Professor, protecting him from, well, from himself as he studies and documents the immortal terrors of this world, as well as the new beings that have started appearing here recently. Clad in armor with an oddly shaped crest of a white, white and black, black swirl. The crest? You mean the crest of the Order of Light? But I've only known Damon for four months. Eventually, the confusion takes over you, and everything goes blank. You stay in this void for an unknown amount of time until your eyes slowly blink open, and you find yourself back in your body. Or is it Vive's body? It is difficult to tell given everything that happened, but you find yourself strapped to the table looking up at a skylight, and you feel a heavy hand on your shoulder as you look up and see Damien, your lifelong friend, or maybe an acquaintance from four months ago. Well done, my friend. We shall continue your treatment once you've rested a bit. He then stands and wipes some blood from your mouth. As he exits the room, you see him smear the blood across your flying goggles. And so the bard's tale has come to a close. Ah, what a splendid crowd you have been. We hope, we hope we'll see you again at Carriage Rest Inn. This story is so dynamic. Oh, show. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. All right, we got to do the question now. Hey, guys, it's Sam and I play Woods. So we are going to take some time and get to know our players a little bit. So today's question is, if you had a superpower, what would it be? And this is you as a person. It could be a superpower. It could be a D&D thing. Um, but if you, the person, could have one of these things, what would it be? Mine would easily be teleportation. Okay. I hate driving. Mm -hmm. I want to go do things, but I don't want to have to travel there. Yeah. Like go through the act of traveling there. So teleportation. Solid choice. You're definitely the destination type of person, not the whole like the journey is the destination. You're definitely like just the destination (laughs) will be fine. It's probably because as I grew up with non-run flying, the destination was always horrible or the travel was (laughs) was always always horrible. horrible. Yeah. I'm going to say flying. Oh. Just because I think it would be fun. Yeah. And plus, I, I, the opposite of yeah. the, the well, destination is the fun. Exact, yeah. Exactly. The yeah. I think I think there would be some pretty cool views you could see as while you're flying. So, like, you could just, like. Fly through the mountains. Fly, just fly. Just, it, okay. Or fly really high. I don't know. Okay. So, we got, like, Superman and Nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan? Uh, I think telekinetics would be kind of cool, like moving stuff with your mind Ooh. and like summoning things or like a little Scarlet Witch situation. I was thinking more like Professor X, like move okay. things with your mind. You can like inception people. I don't, that's probably the wrong grammar, but like plant ideas in their head of oh. like, you know, like go get me a beer, Mike. And he would go get it <laughs> <laughs> or like, okay. you know, Accio beer. <laughs> Natty 20. Boom. Yeah. I rolled a 20 again. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. All right. I like that. Well, John, what about for you? I think for me, it would probably be like the, I, I, I think the, the clock stoppers type thing where you oh. can basically not, not exactly stop time, but like, Com- like do a whole spend a whole bunch of time that only takes like a little bit of time, like the hyperbaric time chamber from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> 
That would be cool. Where like you, you go in for like a day and you come out and you've spent like four months training. Okay. I could also go in that one, go with the uh, the Matrix like download skills ability. I know Kung Fu. Oh, that'd yeah, cool. that'd be pretty yeah, awesome too. Be cool. Okay. So just cybernetics. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Anything with the nicks at the end of it. Telekinetics, cybernetics. Okay. Teleportanetics. Oh, yeah. Flying netics. Flying, yeah, flying netics. <laughs> Mine's drastically different. I would like to know, I would like to have the ability to know every single language and able to understand it and speak it fluently. And cool. I just think That'd be pretty cool. that would be like the coolest thing just to be able to communicate with literally every person on the planet. Would you, Dr. Doolittle it too? And 100%. I want to talk to animals. I want to talk to plants. Like, I just want to. But not overwhelming. I don't know. I just would love to be able to go places and travel and be able to just organically communicate. Hey, guys, that's it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If there's a question that you would love us to answer, a conversation you'd like us to get started, go ahead and reach out on our social media and shoot that over to us, and we can um, put it on air for you. See you next time.